0: Good evening and welcome to 3AM Thoughts. I'm your host, Riley Bird. If you're new, follow links.birdflock.com for all your notifications. That's l-i-n-k-s dot b-y-r-d-f-l-o-c-k dot com. If you're already in the Birdflock Flock cult, make sure to spread the word and leave a five-star review wherever you listen. All right, let's get to it. Welcome. So if you guys notice that I have a bit of a strange cadence, I no longer have braces. I have a retainer, and it's super fucking annoying. Nobody really tells you that before you get braces. It's always, oh, your teeth will be super straight, and... You know, you'll have this glamorous smile, but nobody tells you that the price for that is an irritating mouthpiece that is forever. And on the topic of irritating mouthpieces that seem to be forever, how many times has this happened? The girl with tattoos and purple hair turned out to be a handful. Now, we've all been there. I am no stranger to goth girl entrapment. But let's not focus necessarily on goth girls because I have a sneaky sketch that I'm putting out. (laughs) Sneaky sketch. Wow. S's are going to be a real burden nowadays, you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize for that in advance because I have to wear this retainer fully for the next four months. But... I'm probably going to take it off for future recordings just because it's fucking annoying. But you guys remember how hard it was for me to wear the elastic, so I need all the help I can get. Anyhow, back to alternative girls and their choice of attire and dress. And I know that some of my listeners might be alt girls and... It's hard to tell because they haven't listed themselves as non-binary, which, by the way, don't fucking do that. That'll mess with my stats. And I know what you are. So just, you know, pick the one that sounds the most correct for a nature show. And I know this show might uh, irritate you a little bit uh, with the things that you're going to hear, but um, I don't care. I don't care and live your life how you're going to live your life. There is nothing I'm going to do to stop you. But the point is, if nature didn't try and hide it, there's a reason you're supposed to leave it alone. So that brings us to our first topic, which is a poison dart frog. And for those of you who aren't familiar, these are like these little mini cupcake-sized frogs that are colored all of the colors you would like to see on a psychedelic trip. And they are adorable, and they look fun to touch. And for some of the people that go to any sort of reptile and amphibian convention, they they definitely spark that like forbidden food thing. And I don't know if that's just a holdover from like monkey DNA or what, but they just look like they would be the most delicious gummy bears. And every time I pass the gummy candy aisle and I see that giant gummy frog, I think to myself, there's got to be a reason that that shouldn't exist, right? Like nature spends all this time teaching us not to do the things that we desperately want to do. Like has anyone ever noticed how popular boba tea is and a couple of other ecologists have pointed out to me that eating boba fulfills a primal need for us to suck a tadpole through a reed. And while most of you might not get that, the people that do get that, are probably wearing uh, waders right now. So shout out to my fellow ecologists. But back to the alt girls. And you see, these tattoos and colored hair and exotic piercings are supposed to be nature's warning sign. And, you know, kind of the premise of this show and things that we talk about a lot here are how nature just can't stop shouting to us that All of our thoughts are not our own and they have already existed. You know, when there are too many people in a room and only 12 donuts and you think to yourself, I should go get a donut before they're gone or insert whatever snack you find pleasurable. And that's just nature screaming at us that like, "Uh, hey, idiot, there's a resource. And if we don't get to it. There won't be any. And whether you act on that or not is purely, you know, how successful you've been throughout your uh, genetic lineage. But the point remains that these behaviors are innate in us. And, you know, if nature tells us to not eat the pretty bright thing, how many times have you also seen in nature the brightest bird gets all the pussy. But here's the other thing that they probably don't mention on the shows with the tropical birds of paradise flaunting their gorgeous colors. It's that those birds get the shit beaten out of them. And I don't mean by other birds because birds will attack other birds based on their color. Um, If you present, I want to say... They're like the breasted birds. And I know that that's a funny word that makes me immediately think of these giant tits that like scrolled down my Twitter feed today, which, by the way, thank you to the girl that I follow that retweeted those. That did make my day. But if you present a colorfully breasted bird with an anatomical replica of itself, minus the colorful breast, then it's cool as a cucumber, doesn't seem to give a single fuck about that bird. But if you hyper pigment those colors, they are not going to have a good time and they are going to sack the shit out of each other and it's not going to be great. So why do we do this? Why do we intentionally put ourselves in situations um, that lead to our destruction? You know, peacocks have And I know I've mentioned peacocks before, but it's been brought to my attention that many of you may not know what a peacock is, which is a concept that's completely foreign to me. I shouldn't know what a peacock is, but because of the glories of animal exportation, I do. So a peacock is approximately the size of a goose, but it's ornamented in these beautiful emerald and almost sapphire feathers that span the head neck and ah, great now I'm having a Pikachu mandala effect moment like are the entirety of the peacocks colorful or just the tips anyway I'm getting into leads about this so this bird has feathers and at the end of these feathers these feathers are very very long and that is for a good reason because the longer the feathers and the uh more dense the feathers, the more uh, bird pussy this bird gets. So, and see, yet again, bird pussy, and now I'm thinking. Anyway, so this bird, at the end of these long tail feathers, are these spots that are approximately three by three-ish, and they resemble what a bird thinks that an eye looks like. And these feathers span out. I'm sure if you look on your phone right now, you probably have an emoji of a peacock or at the very least you've seen, I think it's NBC has had a peacock logo for forever, which I'm kind of dating myself there. Um, but anyway, this peacock, and I'm sure that this makes sense, at least hopefully to most of you, if not Google it, I don't know what to tell you, so this bird unfurls its tail feathers into this semicircle. And if a predator should attack this bird, it looks like a a bunch of eyes are staring back out at it. Now, as a consequence of having all of these feathers, this bird is too heavy to fly away from predators. So male peacocks are just out there getting murked so that their lineage can survive. And I guess where I'm going with this is that. If you're going to be bright and colorful, there's going to be an opportunity cost, and that is usually death. So if you were a deer per chance and your attraction to the fairer sex were your giant antlers, giant antlers are useful. That's A weapon. Like, you could stab another deer. You could gore, uh, presumably, a lion or any other animal that's like coming to murder you or your offspring. But if I'm being honest, I don't think that uh, many deer or other hooved animals really give a shit about their offspring, but we'll dive into that on another topic. But they have a weapon. That's their cool thing. Like, that's how they get their harem of females. Birds and frogs went a different route. They said, you know, I'm going to be the brightest and that's going to draw in females or I'm going to be so bright that the predators are going to know that I am just dipped in frog arsenic and they're not going to want to eat me. So poison dart frogs uh, are you know, I mean, it's in the name. They're used in darts that have their sticky enzymes on them and that poisons whatever you shoot the dart into. And most people think that they get them from these insects that they eat. And insects are just, <laughs> they, they just wake up every morning and choose violence. Insects really don't make all that much sense because they don't really think past violence in most cases. Like insects are not kind creatures, but I have a sketch uh, coming out that will make you think about butterflies in a completely different light. So I know at this point you're probably thinking, well, Riley, are they all bad? Like I know this one girl and she's super sweet and she looks exactly as you've described in your toxicity lecture. And I have in true Riley Bird fashion, I also have an answer to that. So other animals through the course of nature and genetics and all of that science, if I'm being honest, science nonsense, like there's just so much to cover and they just, they really throw it at you. So obviously if an animal is doing something that's super helpful and beneficial, and they're living. Other animals are going to, you know, take a bite off of that, as it were, and copy them. So that brings us to mimicry. Now, this is most notable in animals like a coral snake. So, coral snakes are, oh shit. Okay. Oh my gosh, I almost got all of my fans that are around coral snakes uh, deadly murdered. Let's go ahead and double check that. Coral snake rhyme. Okay. Ah, I remember it now. And it's so clear to me now, but if I ever get bitten by a snake that has red, yellow, and black on it, I am. Fucked, you guys. But you guys won't be because I am going to burn this rhyme into your brain and you're going to be like, oh my God. Oh, this, my friend, he's been bitten by this poisonous snake. What do we do? Oh, quick, go and listen to 3 a.m. Thoughts and scroll to about 13 minutes on the episode about poison frogs. Please, we need to hurry. Or I suppose you could just Google it, but this is way more fun. And you'll probably already have it downloaded, saving your lives every day. So, a coral snake is a very venomous snake that could kill you. And they have red touching yellow. And that's very important because the common milk snake looks virtually identical, except... It has red and black touching. You see, they switch up one color and now it's just completely different. So the rhyme is red and yellow will kill a fellow. Fellow being person, that's like old time speak for the people that aren't down with that. Red and black, venom, lack. Remember, black, lack. That's very important. So this snake doesn't really have to worry about things eating it because when something sees it, it's like, oh, fuck, a poisonous snake, venomous, venomous snake, poison. And see, you're going to learn another venom fact. Poison is when you've ingested something and you become sick or die from it. Venom has to be injected into you via a stinger or fangs. So second bit of knowledge at around the 14 minute mark. There you go. So, and this also, this happens in all kinds of animals. We won't get into all of them, but I will give you a little teaser on the next skit. So there is a type of butterfly that is disgusting. And... It's mate, well, not mate, they don't interbreed, but the coin flip to that butterfly is totally harmless. And I want to say it is... Hello, my bird flock. It's time for a fabulous flock fact. The mongoose has been known as an ardent enemy to venomous snakes. But did you know that the common opossum shares in that glory? It turns out opossums have a peptide in their blood that may hold the key to universal antivenom. These helpful creatures are also immune to rabies due to their low body temperature and are wonderful pest control. You can get more Flock Facts or watch me lewd and nude on OnlyFans.com forward slash RileyBird Again, Find more fabulous nature facts and see your favorite horny slut at OnlyFans.com forward slash R-I-L-E-Y-B-Y-R-D. Now back to the show. Haha, I was right again. A monarch butterfly is poisonous. And a viceroy is not. Now you see that a monarch butterfly is... Oh my gosh, I just got lost in butterfly lore, you guys. I'm sorry. So a monarch butterfly is... I used to do studies on those little bastards too. They're super hard to find. So monarch butterflies eat milkweed, which makes them poisonous. And I think I'm... Kind of drawing a theme here where if somebody just like takes in toxins all the time, they are usually going to be toxic. Now, other animals see that and they're like, oh my gosh, that toxic thing is dealing with so many less predators. This is awesome. And then they mimic threat behavior. So, if you guys want to go down that butterfly rabbit hole, go ahead and do that. Otherwise, I have a sketch coming out. In the next month, I'm going to go ahead and give me... I'm going to go ahead and give myself a deadline, you guys. That's how serious I am about this. And you're going to learn more about uh, butterflies. Well, insects, but butterflies. So... See, this is why I have to write notes, because I get way fucking ADD. And I totally forget what I'm supposed to tell you guys. So, not all is lost, okay? And... Because you're probably wondering, listen, I want a big-titted goth girl, and I don't want to step in, you know, a landmine field or whatever you associate with danger. And I'm here to tell you that not all is lost, but here are some red flags to not ignore because nature is literally screaming them at you, and it's very important for you to take heed. If a woman. And I'm only going to do women on this one because men is going to be another episode. So don't even try and bother me about that. I know you're always like, oh, Riley, you're always fucking hating on women. Well, unfortunately, I was born with a pussy. So this is, you know, if I'm going to be alternate world Kevin Samuels, I got to start somewhere. And it's going to be with the fairer sex because that's what I've lived my entire life as. So. All right, let's get to it. So if she lives much of her love life in her head, and what does that mean? That is a pretty benign red flag on the surface, but if she's super caught up in romance, the chances are that she is going to romanticize your relationship. And what usually happens there for the fellows that aren't aware is that women have this idea of what it's going to be like when you guys get together. And if she's toxic most of what you guys are going to be like together is a fantasy. And that's not right because when your presuppositions of a relationship are based on an ideal rather than a reality, that's going to be a bad time. And I'll elaborate more about that in a later episode, but that is the baseline. If she's too romantic about you being together and she's not realistic about it, Like, if she's already talking about, like, oh, my God, we're going to get married and have, like, a thousand kids. Huge red flag from the get-go. That is something that should probably be built. Moving quickly is not good um, almost at all in nature unless you're being chased by a predator. And if she's not being chased by a predator, there's no reason she should be running that fast. She thinks that love is the most important thing. Now, that one I'm not even really going to touch on because... It has to do with resources, which is a spoiler for another episode. But love is not the most important thing in a relationship. It is a factor. But if she's so obsessed with like, does he love me? I hope he loves me. He needs to love me. Uh, Not great. You should be focusing on more of the core of the relationship rather than, you know, just your passionate feelings about the other person. They let little things that go wrong feel like the end of the world, like the garbage disposal is broken. And now she is tearing up the apartment because she just can't fucking live like this anymore. And usually if this is late stage in the relationship, that's because a bunch of tiny shit has built up into that. But That's still not a real great way to uh, deal with your problems. So that does still count as a red flag. They look to their partner for happiness and self-esteem. And I mean, that seems... uh, You know, that one seems pretty on the nose already. Uh, Your partner is not who makes you happy. You make you happy. And if you try and get another person to make you happy, you are doomed for failure. Um, Your partner is meant to support you, but they're not meant to build you. And that is probably important to ponder on if that's something that you struggle with. Um... Also, don't take all of your emotional advice from me. I am doing really the bullet points here because I don't want to ruin later episodes. But if you want to fast track that and work on yourself because some of this stuff is really hitting a nerve, go ahead and check out The Holistic Psychologist. Um, I think she's on Instagram and Twitter and all that noise. Uh, Jordan Peterson's also great if you want to skip the line on this. Uh, She doesn't set boundaries well or her boundaries are haphazard. So they either set boundaries for things that uh, don't make any sense or things that uh, should be a boundary are not a boundary. She lets people walk all over her. She takes a hard stance about it eggs over easy. Just like really just all over the place, uh, not really maintaining consistency with how uh, how to approach or how to deal with her. Ah. Uh, They are drawn to men who trigger their issues. So when women choose partners that it's like, oh, well, I'm really worried that he's going to cheat on me. And then they pick guys that they're like, he might be able to cheat on me. That's a red flag. And. You know, I think a lot of young relationships tend to have that. But if that's something that's persisting as you creep towards 30, that's probably not something that you should be fostering and you should definitely look into that. But there you go. There are some ways to, you know, look at toxicity and maybe not get bit by that poison dart frog. I really. uh (laughs) I really hope that I I put these episodes out way sooner than I uh, than I do, but it turns out that my co-host on the second podcast that I also uh, host is uh, at home with his very first babies. So congratulations to uh, to my good friends on their first child and. I got my braces off this week, so it was a pretty big week for everyone. Definitely not going to compare successes, but I checked everything off of my to-do list. They had a baby, like, good to go. And I will be meeting with them to discuss episode releases for that. And then I'm sure that I could be persuaded to put those links in the description so that you can listen to all of my dirty thoughts. And that's our time. Dearest Bird Flock, I once again wanted to thank you for your support. I know that you had a choice of cult, and I'm happy that you chose mine. Don't forget to follow links.birdflock.com for all your notifications. That is L-I-N-K-S- dot b-y-r-d-f-l-o-c-k dot com and leave a review wherever you listen.